Greetings and salutations. It's the I Now podcast hosted by yours truly, Thomas Blyther. This podcast is designed for the everyday guy. Come with us as we journey through the emotional and mental kaleidoscope that is the man. Open your mind to self-awareness, healing, and loving yourself so that you won't just survive, but thrive as the man. Welcome to the I Now podcast. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Guys, I'm hoping that you had a wonderful week from last Monday's episode until now. Hope everything's working out. Hope you're starting to open up more and being able to communicate more what you feel and the struggles that you deal with with someone. Hope you've joined a group. Hope you've become part of a tribe, a village, a community that can assist you in your development. As usual, though, we're going to go ahead and dive into the subject matter of this week. This week, we're going to talk about being addicted to something, having an addiction. Now, when you're addicted to something, that gives you the general uh, definition of what it means to be addicted. It's an adjective And it says it's physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance and unable to stop without incurring adverse effects. The informal definition is enthusiastically devoted to a particular theme or activity. So that gives a wide range of things that you can be addicted to or develop an addiction to. Normally, when people think of addiction, they go in on drugs and alcohol, and they limit it to that. But a drug and can be anything. Like I said, if you're physically and mentally dependent on a particular substance or thing, I mean, that can be anything. And the reason that I'm talking about being addicted uh, really is me and my wife were having a conversation, and she wanted to know why. I had a strong uh, addiction to Debbie cakes. Like I had to have them for many, many years. And I told her I could go back to the point where it started. It started when I was 16 years old. When I was 16, I moved from Bishopville, which is in Lee County, Bishopville High School, to Camden High School. Didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends. Um, I was shy, kind of standoffish kid. And so one day my mom bought me some Debbie cakes, some raisin cream pies to be exact, on the way to school. And it tasted delicious. The endorphins were going off, and it made me feel like it's not all bad. I threw a few in my book bag, and from that day forth, I just started having to have those Debbie cakes. So when she would drop me off, if she didn't stop and get those Debbie cakes, I would wait till her car leaves and I'll walk right back down to the gas station to 
buy low, whatever the case may be, and get those Debbie cakes. So when I want to scrape up whatever change I had, whatever I had to have those Debbie cakes on the way to school. That became a must for me. I didn't care if I was late for school. I didn't care what I had going on. I had to have those Debbie cakes. It was comforting for me to have it. So instead of trying to make friends or trying to do anything, I would have my Debbie cakes. I would still stay to myself, but it became an addiction. Like I had to have those Debbie cakes. Now, mind you, I went into the military, I went into the Marine Corps at the high school. There were no Debbie cakes in high school. But I had so much stuff going on at that time, so many stressors and, and different things that it took away, you know what I'm saying, the withdrawal and all the other stuff I was probably going through without having those Debbie cakes. That anguish and everything was, I'm not going to say amplified. But it went away. I couldn't, at the time, I didn't know what was going on with the headaches. And my body was, like, going through changes. I know I was doing more physical activity than I was accustomed to. Um, I said we played basketball and we ran and we did all these things. And then when I got out, guess what I went and got? Debbie Cakes. That was one of my first purchases. Debbie Cakes. So Debbie Cakes have always been with me. They've always been with me. I can come and go, come and go. But I would always find any time I would go through any kind of issue when I was getting stressed out, I need a Debbie cake. Things didn't go my way in a relationship, I'm going to get Debbie cakes. So it was like I, I hinged everything. on. I was dependent. I was mentally dependent on the taste to release the endorphins in my mind to make me feel comfortable that everything was okay. That everything was okay. I would try to go on diets and all this other stuff and say, I'm not going to eat them anymore. And I would have headaches and people thought I was kidding, but like I would be going through like crazy little withdrawals over these Debbie cakes. And I made it into a joke. People, ah, man, you didn't. And I made it into a joke. Not realizing. That I had that I had this addiction, that I had to have these Debbie cakes. And I know some people are thinking, well, it ain't no drug. It didn't have your mind. Like, yes. Yes, it did. So I want you guys to think on anything that you're addicted to that you just got to have, that you cannot live without. Something that is it's an unhealthy relationship because that's what it is. It's an unhealthy relationship. Because anything can turn into an addiction. Anything can turn into an addiction. And like I said, the basis for my even getting addicted to them is because I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like I had the ability to make new friends. It's like I was shell-shocked. Like I need, I needed something. Now, I grew up in Bishopville, like I said, for 16 years. So I pretty much 
knew everybody. Knew everybody on the bus route. I knew, you know, everybody at the school. We had pretty much grown up together. From Wesley, you know, the first five years, you know, I, I knew that was six years counting kindergarten. So from kindergarten on up to fifth grade, small school, two classes, what maybe sixty people, if that, sixty people in your, in the, in the total class, moved to Bishopville Middle School, where they were coming from their elementary school. So now it's a little bit bigger. But still, pretty much, you know everybody. So while I was still shy at that time frame, I had a few friends. And I was just familiar with the ins and outs of everything. So when my world got turned upside down, I didn't know how to verbalize it. Hey, man, this makes me nervous. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't really want to do it. I tried to convince my parents to let me drive back and forth from Camden to Bishopville. It's probably about a 30-minute drive. I asked them, could I stay with my uncle? Could I stay with one of my friends? Because I wanted to finish out those last two years. Because, for one, like I said, I, I was comfortable in that situation. So when I got put in an uncomfortable situation, I was looking and seeking for something to take off that stress, to make me feel comfortable, to make me feel valid. And so I was in my own world with those Debbie Cakes. I have gotten up at two o'clock in the morning. And like I said, at this time we were living in the country. Well, I was living in, in Canada, but in, in the country portions at two o'clock in the morning. I would wake up out of my sleep, get fully dressed, drive to the store, and get a Debbie cake. Two o'clock in the morning, out of my sleep. If I couldn't sleep, I needed a Debbie cake, stressed Debbie cake. I had a Volkswagen Jetta that I loved. And on the way home, it's late at night. It's probably 12, 12.30. And I was like, man, just drive home. And I was like, no, let's stop and get a Debbie cake first. Stop and get a Debbie cake. Guess what happens? Transmission goes out. Call somebody to come get me. Guess what I do? Go buy more Debbie cakes. Because now I got to figure out what's wrong with my car. How am I going to get my car fixed? Is it worth fixing? All these things. I turn to the power of the, the Debbie cake. The little Debbie cake. Try to do right again. And I could never break away. I um went and... And I know I'm going on and on, but I want you to show just how deep I had it with these Debbie cakes. How strong my addiction was for these Debbie cakes. Decided I wanted to lose some weight and get rid of it. I'm like, I got to stop eating these Debbie cakes like that. 
I got to eat better. So my wife starts cooking healthy. We start eating like all the fried foods and going out so much. And she was like, why are you not losing the weight? Why are you still gaining weight? And the truth of the matter was, because I couldn't give her those debit cakes, I started getting them on the way to work and on the way from work. Why are you getting home so late? Because I would never tell her. And I just had piles and piles of debit cake papers in my in my car. And then she seen it one day. She's like, when have you been eating these debit cakes? On the way home and on the way to work. I got in so bad, I would go in the store. Like, the raisins had to be around these Debbie cakes in a certain manner. The fudge rounds and all those. I would go up and open up the box to make sure I could get a fresh Debbie cake. I'm opening up boxes in the gas station of these people proud of to get the best one. The one that I think is going to satisfy me the best. Like I said, it ran deep for me. So a little bit over three years ago, like I didn't even admit that I was addicted. My wife told me, she was like, you're addicted. I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. I can give them up whenever I want to. Well, do it. Well, I don't want to do it right now. And I really had to analyze, can I give up Debbie Gates? Because I can never have just one. I could never go a period of time without them. Never. It was an on and on thing, and it all stemmed from me feeling awkward, uncomfortable, unworthy when I was a 16-year-old boy. And while you may not be addicted to Debbie Cakes, you may be addicted to drugs or alcohol, but it's a reason. Something happened, something occurred. Or you tried and it just had an addictive measure. And you haven't been able to get yourself off of that. Now for me, I ended up making up in my mind. And I went cold turkey. I went cold turkey on Debbie Cakes. I still, I haven't had a Debbie Cake since February of 2017. On the 19th day at 11.59. And it was supposed to be before then. But guess what? I kept making excuses. Ah, it's too late to stop now. You got to do it on a Monday. Oh, well, maybe it's Sunday. Can't do it in the middle of the week. And I went and made a big deal about me having this last day game. But then the following days were a struggle because it was like things came up. And guess what I wanted? A Debbie cake. I wanted it. And I was going through withdrawals with it. Like I started having headaches. And you know the crazy thing about it? Every store I went in was having a sale on Debbie cakes. Two for $3. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Everywhere I went had a cell. Started seeing signs and advertisements everywhere. Things started going wrong on the job. I was like, oh man, I would give for a Debbie cake right now. Physically, my body was going through different things. And I was just like, man, all this over a Debbie cake? But it wasn't until somebody pointed it out. 
And maybe I already knew that I had this addiction and I just didn't want to address it. And the people around me thought it was cute. Oh, man, all you got to do is get him a Debicade. So my question is, do you have an addiction and what are you doing about it? What in your life that is negatively impacting you that you don't want to give up because it's comfortable for you? What in your life that you have that is so negative on you that is causing rifts in your relationships with your family, with your friends? And you don't want to talk about it. Some of these addictions people know about and they're trying to get you help because they see how it's affecting you. And sometimes they don't know and they encourage it because of who you're around. Like people saw me eating all these unhealthy things. But because it was a food, most people didn't think anything about it. They were like, oh, that's just Thomas. I was working at a pharmaceutical plant and somebody, we're not supposed to have food. Of course, around the pharmaceuticals, get on the medicine, somebody could be allergic to anything. So somebody bought a honey bun back there, a little Debbie honey bun. And you know who the first person they accused because they knew how much I love Debbie cakes. Me. They came and instantly said it has to be Thomas because they know how much I love Debbie Cakes. And the only way that I was able to prove my innocence was it couldn't have been me because it would have just been the rapper. I don't open a Debbie Cake and not eat the whole thing. That's insane to me. So people knew me for years and nobody even suggests. It was just like, oh, man, he love him. He love him. He love him. But it was affecting me as far as I had to have him. I would make a way to get him. I would leave the job to go get him. I would leave my house to go get him at all type times of the night. I was hiding it from my wife. I was, you know, I just ate him. I even stopped buying other people Debbie cakes. I said, that's a personal thing. You have to be personal with this Debbie cake. So go back and look at what triggered you to be addicted to that thing. What triggered you? And I know for me, I can't eat Debbie. Until from February of 2017 to now, I have not had a Debbie. When I see them, I cannot. Because I know if I have it and that taste is in my mouth again, and those endorphins go off, and it gives me that feel. I'm going to want them all the time. Like I said, I ate them when I was stressed. I ate them to celebrate. I, I found any reason to have a Debbie cake. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, in-between snack, working out, I'm eating Debbie cake. Whatever the case was, I had to have them. So for me, once I made up in my mind, I went cold turkey. Now, you may not be able to go cold turkey. You may need some assistance. For your addiction.
you may need somebody to talk to, a counselor. You may need to go to a program if you're addicted to something that you just can't break away and it has more a more of a grasp on you. And when you leave it, it's going to take time for your body to adjust. But first, the first step in addiction is knowing that you're addicted and that you need help. So we can be addicted to, like I said, we can be addicted to anything. We can make something that was intended for good become bad and we can become dependent upon it to such a degree that we can't make any moves without it. And we're hiding it keeping it a secret. We're doing all these things. So I want you to just let that sink in. Are you addicted to anything? And are you willing to let others know that you are addicted and get the help? And talk. Like I said, for me, it still all comes back to the communication piece. Who are we talking to? Who's in our circle? Who's in our tribe? Where we can go and get the help necessary. I know I probably bombarded you with Debbie Cakes. Even talking about them right now kind of took me back where I'm like, okay, let me break away from it now. But I just want you to see how something that you would say so minor that you can consider minor from changing one high school to going to another high school. And because me having the inability to express that to anybody, what I was going through, that I turned to something. Like I said, Debbie Cake in itself is not an evil being. may not be the healthiest choice of food, but I turned to a Debbie Cake instead of turning and communicating to get those things off and seeing how I can navigate this new high school. Even if I had, after I had made a few friends, I still went back to eating those David cakes. And then nobody really thought nothing about it. I was young. I was healthy. I was running around. So I was burning those cows. Nobody thought anything about it. And I don't want to say one addiction is greater than the other and say that, oh, well, at least I wasn't on drug or like uh, weed or cocaine or alcohol. I was still addicted to something that had me tied down into a situation that I just couldn't break. And I said, I'm 44 now, so I was 41. I was about to be 41 when that situation, when I finally got off of it. Now, I'm going to give you this number to the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration, the SAMHSA. And that's if you need help further and you need a counselor, you need a recommendation of anything. And that number is 1-800-662-4357. And they're open 365, seven days a week. And they can recommend you to a local, no matter where you're calling from. 
they can recommend you to a local uh, help center so you can get the help necessary. Or it may be one of those deals where you just need to say it to your wife, say it to your male friends, say it to the group that you're in, and address it. Address it head on. Because you are an amazing individual and you have the ability, your mind has the ability, once it's focused, to do such amazing things. We were made to win. We were made to survive. Find out why you were addicted to that thing. What happened? What was the trigger that got you to even be on that? And then go forward so we can be healthy and we can be whole. Now, last week I said we were going to start talking about things that we were grateful for to keep in our mind and what we're thankful for. And I said, being a man, I was thankful for that. My family, I was thankful for that. And I didn't write the last one down, even though I was supposed to be focusing on it all week. I just been focusing on just the attitude of being grateful. Like every morning waking up grateful. Grateful. And so I want us to continue on that plan of being grateful. So no matter if you have an addiction or something, be grateful that you're alive at this time and you can go get the help necessary. That you can talk that thing out. And then you can in turn help somebody else out. And say, brother, it's going to be okay. I've been where you've been. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Let me show you how to get there. Like I said, for me, it was just seeing that I was like, that that thing was actually controlling me to that degree that I had, I had no control. I had to have those things. And I know I've gone on and on in this episode and it sounds repetitive and whatnot, but I want you guys to really see the value in talking. Like I said, this for me is also a way to get it out, to express myself, things that I've gone through. There's no judgment. You need to do, you have to do what you have to do to be healthy and whole. So I'm not going to hold you up anymore. Like I said, those... That service right there is for that I gave you out is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. 1-800-662-HELP, which is just 4357. So that's 1-800-662-4357. I know I'll talk a little bit long about high school and going back, but like I said, just rehashing that again, going through those memories of how... I didn't have the, the the verbiage communication to be able to communicate what I was feeling and to turn to the heavy cakes of all things. It's just amazing to me now. 
started. I said, I want to thank you guys for rocking with me this week. I say, you are worthy. You're amazing. You're going to do incredible things. And we're going to keep building this village. We're going to keep building this village. Guys, I want to really appreciate you for continuing to listen to the podcast, for being a part of this journey, being a part of my village, still have the I now podcast at gmail.com email where you can email me anything from likes, dislikes, things that you want to hear me talk about. Is it helping you? Is it not? Is it? Whatever it's doing for you, that's what I want to hear, and that's the feedback, so I can constantly improve. Like I said, this week, we were talking about the addictions, how it affects you, and just talking that thing out. It's getting to a place where you can talk about it freely, so you can be healthy and whole. I have it in there where you can message me. I use the Anchor format post my podcast so I just want to thank you guys once again for rocking with me in this village right here that we call the I Now Podcast I look forward to talking with you guys every week I want you to be healthy, whole men and we can do this we can become healthy, whole men no matter what's happened in the past you got breath going through your body. You got a chance to communicate how you feel. Communicate the love that you have for yourself and the love that you're willing to share with the world. So until the next time you hear my voice, I right now. <laughs>